0: I'm excited to share a message that's been on my heart for some time. I've been wrestling with this message for quite some time and there's an excitement in my spirit for what I believe God wants to accomplish in your life. As I began to study this passage, I began to remember the promises that I've sensed in my heart God revealed to me about my marriage, about my family, about the future. And every time I think about the promises of God, I get very excited. I'm thrilled about what God wants to accomplish in the lives of my children and the privilege I have to steward them and pour into them and see them become young, a young son and daughter, young men and women of God. But part of what's difficult when you receive the promise is there as often a gap between the promise and the promised land? And the gap between the promise and the promised land, I call it the wilderness. And the wilderness is hard and it's difficult, and there's rocks and there's thorn bushes, and it's dry and it's hot and it's difficult. I love to hear the promise and I love to dream of the promised land, but I don't know about you, I don't like to go through the wilderness. And often what happens to us in the wilderness is we get discouraged, we get disillusioned, we get frustrated, and we begin to say, God, where are you? You gave me a promise. You revealed to me your promised land, but I've got to journey through this wilderness. Part of the difficulty of the wilderness is often God reserves the right to not tell you what the timeline is. My timeline is much different than God's. And often I want to tell God, will you just hurry up? Can I just catch the HOV lane, the express lane around the wilderness? But I want to reassure you that no matter where you're at, if you're at the beginning where the promise is or you're in the wilderness or you're about to step into the promised land, I want to reassure you with this one thought. He who promised, he will do it. He will accomplish what he has spoken. And with that said, I want to invite you to Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk is a small book in the Old Testament. And it's a story of a prophet. A prophet in the Old Testament. You know, prophets had a really hard job. They often had to pronounce judgment or to speak the truth a hard truth to the nation of Israel. And so Habakkuk is in this place in his life where he presents a complaint to God. This is in chapter 1. And then God responds. And then at the end of chapter 1, he presents a second complaint. And then he awaits God's response. And so this is the context of where we pick up and Habakkuk chapter 2 We're going to look at verses 2 and 3 And then at the end we'll look at verse 1 Let's look at what the word of God Has to say to us Then the Lord replied This was to His concern Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets So that a herald may run with it For the revelation Awaits an appointed time It speaks of the end and will not prove false Though it Linker Wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. If you're in the wilderness, I want to reassure you that God always fulfills His promises at the appointed time. God always fulfills His promises at the appointed time. And so today I want to share with you four steps that you can take to see God's divine vision come to pass step number one is to believe it to believe it verse 3 says this for the revelation speaks of the end and will not prove prove false so what is a revelation it's a holy vision from god i was thinking what does it mean to have god's vision and what i imagined is when god gives you holy vision a A revelation. It's as if you put on the glasses of God and you begin to see things the way he sees it. God wants you to put on his glasses to see the world as he sees it. God has a divine and prophetic vision for your life. If you're married, for your marriage, for your family, for your finances, for your job, for your future. He has a comprehensive vision of what he wants to accomplish in your life. I've discovered in my life that where God guides, He provides. When He offers holy vision, He supplies provision as well. You can trust Him on it. And God's Word is true and complete. It says at the end of this verse 3, it speaks of the end and will not prove false. And I was reminded of a verse in the book of Numbers, and the writer of Numbers 23 says this, listen closely. God is not a man... That speaks of his nature. He's not like us. God is not a man that he should lie. That speaks of his character. He doesn't have the capacity to lie. Or a son of man that he should change his mind. God doesn't waver in what he says or does. He's faithful and true. His word is true and complete. Has he said and will he not do it? Or as some of you say, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Let me put it to you in the New Living Translation Version. Listen, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever ever failed to act on your behalf? Maybe it's not in your timeline, but he's never failed to act on your behalf. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? He's not a man. He doesn't waver. He doesn't lie. He always speaks of the truth. And you can trust him. His word is true and complete. The second step to to activating God's divine vision in your life is to write it down. Verse 2 says this. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Write down what God reveals. Journal. Open up your notepad as you're in your devotional time with God and begin to write down the things that He reveals to you. I've discovered over time in my life that often God doesn't reveal the vision all at once. It's often over stages and over time. And so what do you do? You keep writing the revelation until it becomes plain. He says, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. That's what they wrote on. They wrote on clay tablets. Some of you need to get an actual journal, pen and paper, and begin to write down if that works for you. Write it down till it becomes clear about what God wants to reveal to you. There's three benefits to writing down what God reveals. Number one, the first benefit is that writing down what God reveals allows you to reflect on it. Often I have thoughts in my mind that, that are a jumbled mess and it's not till I write them down that they become clear. God, what are you saying? What are you saying about my son and daughter? What are you saying about this season of ministry? What are you saying about what you want me to do to advance in my marriage? But I, wanna, I just wanna, I want to help you out here because this is something... That I've seen over time. As some of you know. I spent a lot of years as a counselor. But often what God does. When he begins to reveal things to you. It's either. One step or a couple steps. Or it's the finished product. It's usually either or. And if you sense that God is just showing you steps. Sometimes he'll only show you one step. One next step to take. The Word of God says that His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. What does that mean? A lamp to our feet. Often God just gives us enough visibility so that we can take the first step. I really like when He does the light to my path, when He begins to show to me a couple of steps ahead of what He has for me. And then oftentimes He will reveal Only the finished product. We actually see this in the life of Abraham. When it came to the promised son, Isaac, God showed to him, I'm going to give you a son, but God reserved the right to keep Abraham in the dark about when and how long it would take. On the other hand, in Abraham's life, there was a moment where God said, I'm going to send you to a promised land, and I want you to go find it began to take steps, and the Bible said that he was on a journey, but he didn't know where he was going. Whenever God does this, what he's wanting to cultivate within us is a dependence on him. It's to grow our faith. So write down what he reveals, and if it's just one step, that's all right. Take one step towards it. And if he reveals what the finished product is, begin to go to him and say, God, what's my next step? So that I can take one step closer to what you revealed to me. The second reason, the second benefit to writing down what God reveals is to make it real. To make it real. God wants us to take the things that he has ordained in the supernatural and bring it into the natural. The things that he's spoken In the supernatural and make it natural i'm reminded by that verse in the lord's prayer that says your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven there's things that god has already ordained in heaven that he wants us to make real here on earth there's things that he wants to accomplish and we have the privilege to go to him and say god what is it that you want to make real And if I can take it one step further, that's what the incarnation of Jesus Christ was. He divested himself of glory, and he put on a a body, and he came to live among us so that we could see him and know him and experience him. He took the supernatural, and he made it natural. And when we do that, we're reflecting who Jesus is. Make it real. The third benefit is to help us remember We remember what we write down. I'd love to say that I've got a great memory, but often the truth is I have to write it down. It also helps us remember when we get discouraged. Okay, God, you said this before. I can trust you. Remind me so that I can step into that. It's to help us remember. Can I also encourage you to write down the way God has been faithful to you? Because when you're in the wilderness, you need some encouragement and you just need to rehearse what God has done. You need to rehearse it and remind yourself that moment when you didn't have enough to pay the bill, but God showed up. That moment when you got the bad report at the doctor, but it came back three weeks later and it was different. You need to remind yourself. The third step to activate God's divine vision in your life is to wait for it. Wait for it. Verse 3 says this For the revelation awaits in appointed time. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. The truth is, I hate waiting, I don't like lingering at all. Okay, I'm a patient, I'm patient in, a, in a couple ways, but one of the ways my impatience shows up is when I'm on the road. One of the things that really gets me when I'm on the road is stoplight pokes. It's not any of you, I know, but I'll be at a stoplight and the light turns green and I'll look in front of me and there's somebody sitting in a car and they're not paying attention and maybe they're praying, but I really think they're not being so spiritual. They're actually checking their Instagram or sending a GIF or sending a text message. And at that moment, something rises up within me that compels me to want to motivate them. As you know, I was a counselor and Part of my job as a counselor was to help motivate people into a preferred future. I'm really good at motivating people. You know, that, why, did they, why did they put a horn in the car if not to use it, right? That's what they're there for. Whenever I'm driving in the car and my wife is sitting right beside me, she is the voice of reason. Often. I'll be at the stoplight and the light turns green and I'm about to honk the horn and she'll say, no, stop. And I'll look at her and I'll say, it's my job to motivate them into the future. This is what I'm good at. I can do it. And then she'll say those dreaded words, no, they just might go to Westover. (laughs) They just might go to Westover. So if I've ever honked at you, I apologize. But can I just encourage you as one of your pastors, can you motivate yourself into the future? (laughs) My wife seems to think that slow drivers were put in my life to cultivate patience. We don't like to wait. We don't like to linger. We don't like to wait for it. We want it right now. We want to see God accomplish things immediately. But there's purpose in the patience. There's purpose in the patience. How could I describe the appointed time? I was reminded of when my wife was pregnant. So moms, I I don't have personal experience, but I'm just going to describe this. There, There is a moment in time when you're pregnant, this is what I hear, when you're done, but there's often a gap between when you're done and the due date, And it's difficult to wait the appointed time. But in order for the baby to be viable, we have to wait for the due date. God has a due date for your dream. Your life is pregnant with purpose. And God wants to birth great things out of you. But if you circumvent the timing of God, it won't be viable. We must be willing to appoint and wait for the appointed time and carry the dream to term. So, if you're in that place, ask God to change your perspective. Because what we perceive as delay, God perceives as development. God often says, I think, to the angels about me, he ain't ready. He ain't ready. He ain't ready. He needs to get more prepared. So, let God develop you in in the delay. There is a next level. Of anointing, There's a next level of skill There's a next level of wisdom And leadership And discernment that is required In the next season And if you don't seize it here You won't be as effective in the next season But most importantly What, what God wants to cultivate in you Is a next level dependence on Him So that you can walk And keep in step with Him I heard someone once say that New levels bring new devils. God sees what's around the corner. He knows the challenges that you're going to face and he wants to equip you now so that you're ready to address the challenges that are going to come your way. So patiently wait for God's promotion. Verse 3 says, It will certainly come and will not delay. God's not holding back on you. God's not preventing you. He is more interested in putting you in the game than you are God wants to fulfill and build his kingdom more than you can and more than you more than you desire in your own heart but often happens is we think God's holding back and holding out on us he's just making sure that you're fully fruitful in the next season so prepare 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 and while you're preparing don't ask the wrong questions God when will this happen Why are you taking so long? Be willing to ask God, who do you need me to be for the next season? What do you need me to learn in this season for the next season? What do I need to let go of so that I can step into the thing that you have for me? Be willing to ask the right questions and God will prepare you in the gap between the promise and the promised land. God needs you to be more powerful for the next season. The fourth step to activating God's divine vision in your life is to run with it. Verse 2 says this, Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation so that a herald may run with it. Now, a herald is not your next-door neighbor. Okay, herald, what is a herald? A herald is someone who declares the faithfulness of God. They have a message to carry. If God has activated you, if you're jumping out of the blocks, if you're coming out of the gate, run with it don't walk don't jog run with it run full out for what god has for you fully pursue it run with god's revelation i was reminded of hebrews 12 1 and 2 listen to this let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith you may be at the beginning where god's beginning to pioneer something in your life And you may be waiting the perfecting of it. But while you're between the pioneering and the perfecting, what you have to do is run with perseverance toward what God has for you. And keep your eyes focused on Him. And don't get distracted. Run the race and run straight towards Him. We are heralds of God's holy vision and provision. Run with it. What has God shown to you? Is it that Your daughter is going to get off drugs? Is it that God is going to provide that job that you really need to support your family? Is it that God is going to bring your son, your adult son, back to faith in Jesus Christ? Whatever He's revealed, run with it. And as you run, those of you who have seen the faithfulness of God, when you run beside other people and you see that they're weary, begin to be a herald of God's faithfulness in your life. Some people need to hear that God... God healed you from cancer, that he set you free from addiction, that he made a miracle happen when there was no way. There's people who need to hear it. They need to know that God is faithful. So if you're in the wonderful place where you're stepping into the promised land, run with it. But I want to speak specifically to those of you who are here today and you're struggling. You're in a place where you need new vision or renewed vision. You need new vision or renewed vision. New vision is you need God to reveal something new. You need him to show a next step or to show a finished product to you. You need, and some of you who are here, you need a renewed vision. You need God to remind you of what he promised long ago. That dreamer, that vision that has faded away. And my prayer today is that God would begin to do that today. That he would not only give you a new vision, but that he would give you renewed vision as well. So what do you do when God does that? I want you to look at verse 1. This is what it says. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. I want you to present your complaints to God Habakkuk, somewhere in his experience, believed that God would come harshly upon him if he just complained to him. He was worried. But we see in verse 2 and 3 that God answers his complaint. You can present your complaints to God, He cares about your complaints. But what do we do? We need to stand firm. Stand your ground. Listen to this I will stand my watch. What's a watch? It's a military term. It's your post. It's your assignment. When you're in the military and you're on post, that's your assigned responsibility. He said, station myself on the ramparts. What's a rampart? In ancient times, cities were protected by a fortified wall, and you'd stand on top of the wall. What's God saying? He's saying, fulfill the assignment that I've given you. Protect the things that I've entrusted to you. And then this is what he says. I will look to see what he will say to me. God wants to speak something to you. God wants to speak something to you. The king of glory wants to speak something to you. He has something he wants to reveal to you. A new vision, a renewed vision. And if you're here today and you need that, this moment is for you. And so as I close, I want to invite you to stand with me. And in just a moment, the worship team is going to come forward, and they're going to lead us in worship. And if you are needing a new vision, if you are needing renewed vision, if you're needing God to give you something to carry you into the very next day, this is your moment. You can come close to God and step at the altar and say, God, I'm here. I'm here to listen and see what you will say to me. But while I'll I'll wait, I'll stand on my assignment. I'll protect the things that you've entrusted to me, waiting to hear what you have to say to me. So if that's you, when the worship team comes up, I want you to come up front, and I want you to cry out to God and say, God, I need a new vision. I need renewed vision. So come, let's discover the one who will Thank you.
1: Have never failed me waiting for change. Your promise still stands Great is your faith to him Jesus.
0: Father God, we come to you. Your words are true and complete. And we just raise our hands to you and say, God, yes. we don't know when you're going to do it, but we trust you. Yes. We wait for it. Yes. We are lingering for you. We're waiting to see and hear what you have in front of us, God. And I pray, Lord, that while we wait, you reassure our spirits. I pray, Lord, that you would afford to your people new vision or renewed vision, whatever it is that they need, God, I pray that you would afford it to your people. And God, that in the days and in the weeks and in the months to come that you would begin to reassure them and reveal to them what you have for them. God we love you and we thank you for what you've done tonight to encourage us. We entrust this time to you. We lift you up in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 Give him some praise tonight. We're so delighted that you joined us today. God bless you. And we are dismissed.